Thanks for joining us for another episode of Voices of Grace. I'm Ryan Peterson. I'm with the Communications Department at Grace Community Church. I'm very excited to talk with my guest today, Robert Barden. On Sunday mornings, you'll see Robert at the University Boulevard campus, and Robert is constantly pouring into young people's lives. Robert is the area director of the Northeast Texas FCA, that's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Robert, thanks so much for taking the time to come talk with me today because I know you're busy. Man, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've admired you from afar for a while now. We first met um, back when I was sports director at KLTV um, Channel 7. I would come to the FCA All-Star events, and I really just appreciated how passionate you were about helping young athletes, and you know, many are going through some very heavy things. Um, before we get into the FCA, though, could you give us a little bit of background on, on you, where you're from? Um, I kind of want to get into your story before we talk about what you're doing now. Sure. Uh, grew up in the Dallas area. Always easier to say Dallas because there's actually Farmer's Branch. <laughs> okay. But if you say that, everybody's like, where is that? So it's north side of Dallas. And uh, man, that's home. And I still love Dallas greatly, even though it's been years since we've been there. Have no desire to be back there, man. It has grown <laughs> so much. But uh, my wife, Barbara, uh, we've been married for 36 years, and uh, she's from the Dallas area as well. Uh, we have one son, Taylor, who is a diesel mechanic, and uh, he's been married three years, and my daughter-in-law's name is Taylor. So we have a Taylor and Taylor Barden. <laughs> That's, I don't think, you don't hear that very often. <laughs> no. And uh, the way I keep that straight is it's boy Taylor and girl Taylor, <laughs> so that uh, they know who I'm talking to. So at what age... This is kind of two parts of this question. At what age did you accept Jesus as your Savior? And then when did you decide, you know, I'm going to devote my life to sharing his story? So very blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Uh, a mom and dad who showed my sister and I what a life in Christ looks like. Uh, not just church attendance, but I mean fully embrace, you know, this is how you walk with Jesus. Uh, and then at age 13, uh, I made a decision earlier on. Uh, probably about six or seven, um, but really one of those that, yeah, I knew all the right answers to tell the pastor, uh, but at age 13 is really when I truly gave my life to Christ. Uh, I had just lost my grandmother that year and uh, looked back at her life as well as my parents and realized that that's it. And so, man, I was at a camp up in Oklahoma and uh, gave my life to Christ. And um, then it was going into my senior year in high school uh, I had actually began making plans to do something in the field of agriculture. Now, figure that out. A kid growing up in Dallas who wants to either deal with animals or agriculture. And uh, it was really through the influence of my student minister. Uh, we were in the summer. I was up at his office, and he looked across his desk, and he asked me one question. He said, have you ever thought about ministry? And I was like, nope. And he left it there. And a couple of weeks later, I got back with him, and I was like, man, why'd you ask me that? And he just grinned. He said, I don't know. I just felt like I was supposed to. And so, man, we talked about it and simply made a decision in front of the church that I was surrendering my life to Christ and um, to ministry and didn't really know fully at that point what that was going to look like. But so my senior year in high school. Wow. So you became a campus pastor, correct? Correct. 
Um, how old were you when you did, started doing that? Well, uh, the campus pastor actually came last. Okay, that um, was last. It was, and yeah, you were doing student, student ministry, student ministry. for what, what, 20 plus years? Yes, and it really was that same student minister uh, that asked me that question. So my senior year in high school, he gave me opportunities to lead our you know, student ministry on Wednesday nights. Okay. Um, and Ryan, I really think that's what grew my heart towards students, because even when I knew that God was calling me to full-time ministry, I never felt a call to be a pastor. It From the very beginning, uh, for whatever reason, man, my heart was bent towards students. And when I got up to Oklahoma Baptist University, and you're trying to explain that to some older, you know, professors who think everybody's going to be a pastor, I'm looking at them going, no, man, if I, if I do student ministry my whole life, I'm, I'm good with that. And um, First Baptist Tyler is what brought us to Tyler and served as the student minister there for eight years. And then the last five and a half to six years was the campus pastor on what was then the, the South Campus of First Baptist Church. So not that you weren't fulfilled by that, but I guess does, did working with younger people really fill up your cup? Oh yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what really oh, got you going. It did, um, and to see, to see a student really grab hold of it, um, and see that man, God really has a purpose for their life, and um, was just talking about that with some folks today. Of man, we can go back and recount just student after student that man, we were fortunate to see God do something in their life, either as a junior high or a high school kid, and to see how they are still serving Him today and pouring back into their families today because now they've all got families. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that part was just absolutely amazing. Okay, so let's talk about FCA. I know what FCA is. I was a part of it when I was in school, but a lot of people don't know. Can you, because um, you are now with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, you've been with them how many years now? Uh, ten and a half. Ten and a half, okay. Can you explain to people listening if they don't know what this ministry does? Sure. Fellowship of Christian Athletes began in 1954. And Don McLennan is the guy who actually started it. He was an athlete and a young basketball coach. And he just noticed that athletes had an incredible platform, even in that day and time. Um, sport is just, sport drives the world. Uh, it always has, and it, and it still does. And in that day and time, he saw athletes endorsing so many different things that his thought was, why not Christ? And so... It was that vision that really birthed what is now the largest uh, sports ministry in the world. And um, so we're not only, you know, here in the United States, we're literally a worldwide sports ministry. And, man, to run down just through, you know, what the steps are, our vision is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes, um, our mission to lead coaches and athletes into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. And I love that last part um, because FCA realizes, man, the significance of the church. We're, we're a ministry that comes alongside. So, man, to do that, um, our method, we want to work to and through the coach because on middle school and high school campuses especially, they're the drivers of FCA. Uh, they're the ones who step up and say, you know what, I'll see that that ministry takes place here on our campus in the form of Bible studies, uh, coaches' Bible studies, um, man, uh, an active what we call huddle on the campus. Um, man, they're active in service, and so giving back to the school, giving back to the community. 
And the thing is, man, these coaches who lead that for us, they do it volunteer. And they don't get to take something off of their plate school-wise in order to put FCA on. They just have a heart to serve Christ and serve the athletes that are there on their campus. And then our strategy, which has really been developed over the last, um, I'd say, four years, are, is what's called the three E's, engage, equip, and empower. Uh, FCA made a very intentional shift over that same time period for from the beginning, if you ask somebody, what does FCA do? We would tell you, man, we're a presenting ministry. In other words, we get to present the gospel uh, on these middle school, high school, college campuses. That's what, that's what we get to do. And we're never going to get away from that. I mean, that's the foundation. But in order to be what Christ has called us to be, our leadership now is sitting there saying, hey, we're disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so as a ministry, I'll tell you what, you want to you see what gets me excited is the fact that now that is an intentional part of who and what FCA is about. And so to see our staff intentionally discipling coaches who are then learning how to disciple other coaches and athletes. So uh, that's the big vision. Northeast Texas FCA is made up of 14 counties. 175 campuses, middle schools, high schools, and colleges. It's a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> it is a lot of ground to cover. And for the first eight years, I covered it by myself. <laughs> Only staff person out here. Um, they kind of, you know, you got hired. They slapped you on the back, said, we're glad you're here. Your territory is basically from Wills Point to Louisiana. And you're just like, great, let's go. Uh, but now we're blessed, and over the last couple of years, we have now five field staff and one admin. And so it's been awesome to, to be able to hire staff and just position them to where that's just it, then go deeper. I could cover a lot of territory. You know, I could get around to 15 schools a day, but think about the depth. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of depth to that. And so as we add staff and as we grow our volunteer base, we have the ability to really see the ministry go deep. So over 10 years ago that when you took on this role, um, was it, you know, a no brainer for you? Were you a little intimidated by the amount of territory you're going to have to cover? I mean, what was it that you were like, you know what, this is where God's leading me now that I'm going to leave where you were as a a pastor to take on FCA? It really, the chance to blend the two things that truly were the passion in my life, ministry and sports. Uh, I was the athlete from the time that I, you know, could play. Um, Fortunate enough to run track all the way through college. And so early on when Barbara and I were serving uh, our church in the Dallas area, and then we served a church in West Texas before coming to East Texas, every once in a while you'd kind of get that itch where you kind of go, man, what does sports ministry look like? And so you'd find it, and you would always see this one line, you have to raise your own support. And the second I would see that line, I'd go, you know what? Church work is just great. (laughs) And yet, man, 10 and a half years ago, you know, um, through some changes, uh, this is where God led us. And Gary Smith was the area director at that time. And when I sat down and just asked him, man, I know you've got a lot of territory. Do you need help? Would you like help? And what would that look like? That was the line that he led with. He said, you know you have to raise your own support. It's a, it's a sports missionary. And I was like, man, yes, but if this is what God has, that's God's, God's work. And so 10 and a half years, here we are. And 
it is not a challenge to get up any morning, uh, Ryan, at all, because of the ability and the blessing to be with coaches and athletes and simply see them take one small step or large step towards Christ. Man, I love what I do. That's awesome. Um, so you were talking about being an athlete. I was an athlete as well um, until college when my athletic skills were no longer appreciated. Uh, <laughs> but I, So I wanted to be a sportscaster because I wanted to stay involved in sports. And I, Robert, I'm sure you feel the same way. I think sports teach us so many life lessons. Um, number one, dying to yourself for the betterment of the team, loving a teammate that maybe has nothing in common with you, um, but other than taking the field together. And also, and this is something with, with my daughters now as they're starting to play sports, how to win and lose with grace. Yeah. Um, I would imagine you've had so many great opportunities with young athletes to teach these lessons. I mean, I'm sure it's countless opportunities you've had over the 10 years. It is. And there again, man, when somebody says, what do you love about what you do? I'm kind of in my mind, I'm going, golly, where do you start? Yeah. But that's one of it because what God has really shown me over these last 10 years is you can take all of the truths, all the spiritual truths that you just talked about and all of the foundational spiritual truths and you can talk to athletes about how those relate to their sport because even here in East Texas now and you know here in a minute I know we're going to be talking about UT Tyler but man we're getting athletes now who really have no idea who Jesus is and these aren't athletes moving in from out of state we're getting more and more from the state of Texas and so the first piece is not necessarily to hit them with hey let me tell you about Jesus it's Hey, let me talk to you about this area of your sports life. And then you're taking those spiritual truths and those biblical truths, and then you just simply flip it and say, hey, man, everything we've been talking to you about, how to sacrifice, you know, for somebody else, there's a bigger spiritual, a bigger life truth to that. You know, so what would that look like as you go on down the road and you get married for you to, to give your life for your wife, you know, to sacrifice for your family? And so that's the joy of it, is taking those kinds of things and getting them to see. And I've, I've had conversations with athletes who said, man, I don't get the God part, but I get what you're talking to us on the, on the sports side. And I'm like, we're planting seeds. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's it. We're just planting seeds. That's great. So you are currently you're, um, a character life coach for several teams at UT Tyler that you just mentioned. What does being a character coach look like? It looks absolutely different with every team that you serve. <laughs> okay. Um, when I first came on with FCA, I knew the golf coach at the time. His name was King Campbell. And King said he wanted to get a Bible study started at UT Tyler for the coaches. But I loved what he did. And I don't even know if he intentionally knew what he was doing. He said, I don't want you to come lead it. Just come sit in with us. And so I got to know the coaching staff. And... So through that, just begin to get to know them, learning I'm with FCA, how can that work? And so any coach you talk to, they want character in their program. But with all of the pressure to perform on the field and make sure that our athletes are winning and that we're chasing rings and everything else, it's not that they don't, it's not that they lose sight of their character development. Sometimes it just gets pushed to the back. And so we get the ability to come alongside and just simply look at the head coach and say, okay, what do you want that to look like? And can we shoulder that with you? 
And so it's not so much that we come in with a book and we say, hey, we've got to go through this. It's really, you tell me what you want in your team. And so we get the ability to work with them to do just that, develop character traits. And it's the same thing. We can take biblical traits and teach them in a way. And some of our coaches give us the ability to bring the spiritual element in. And if they don't, because it's a state school, I get that. And so we can still teach those incredible traits and maybe not reference that, you know, hey, this comes from the book of Philippians. Right. Um, teach leadership skill and what that looks like. How do you become a leader? How do you develop as a leader? So we help them with that. And then the last piece, you mentioned it as well, how to be a great teammate. Um, because you can only put so many on a field or a court, but every single person that you have on your program is so instrumental to that. And if they're bought into the program, then you've got some really good chances of great things to happen. You've got some that don't. Um, you know, we want to sit there and say, no, this is what a great teammate looks like. So how can you, you know, step into that? Um, and then we do. We have a number of our coaches who, man, give us the, the platform to pregame chapels, pregame devotions, um, and do the spiritual aspect as well. Do you, it's interesting you were talking about, you know, I, I came into this thinking it's all about the athlete, but you're talking about mentoring these coaches too. Yeah. Um, how much have you gotten out of those relationships and being able to, like, you know, making disciples that are making disciples, which is even more important? Yeah. So I would say for when I first started, you're right on for me even as a, as a staffer. It was all about the athletes. I mean, man, you're sitting there going, you get to be around these young men and these young women and see them perform and see them grow. And what really caught my eye and changed my attention was our Northeast Texas All-Star Game. Uh, the first, after the second year that, that I led that, it dawned on me, okay, we just had 100-something athletes here this week. They're going off, and they're not coming back. Who are the ones that are staying? It was the coaching staff that had volunteered. And that's when it really hit me. That's who we need to be pouring into. I mean, we're always going to pour into the athletes any way, shape that we can. But, man, our coaches are here. Even as a staffer, I'm not at UT Tyler every day. Right. My wife would tell you different, but <laughs> I, I'm not quite there every day. But who are the coaches? And there again, if, a, if we can see God capture the heart of a coach, they don't have to be spitting out Bible verses every single day and hammering their athletes but I can guarantee you if they live it, it is going to show to their athletes. And they will have opportunities to speak to these athletes of why they appear to be a coach different than any coach that kid has had before. And so it really is, um, man, to and through the coach. Because especially on a, on a college campus, if you don't win the trust and the respect of the head coach, you're not getting to access to the team. And so that relationship has to be built first and built in trust and, you know, walk beside the coach and the coaching staff. And then that gives the access to serving the teams. So you work with, I mean, several teams um, at UT Tyler. And I feel like whenever I'm at a UT Tyler sporting event, you're there. Um, how difficult is it to stay energized and keep up with, with all of these games? Or, or does being there actually energize you? Because I would think it, it has to be pretty exhausting um, staying and you know helping these kids through the wins and the losses, the ups and the downs all season. It is what brings energy. 
And for me, it really is. Um, I had this conversation with my supervisor a year ago uh, because for UT Tyler, one of the teams I get to serve is baseball. Uh, we begin the season next week. Uh, we begin on the road, and I am fortunate enough to get to travel with the team. So we will leave next Thursday, head out to San Angelo, and be there through si uh, Sunday, play four games. And he looked at me and he said, Robert, that's got to be exhausting. I mean, this was midway through the baseball season last year, and we had, I don't know, seven or eight road trips. And uh, he said, like, you know, lay that time out for me. So I told him, and he's like, that would just wear me out. And I said, you know, Michael, I'll be honest with you, it gives me so much energy. And I said, because especially like on a road trip, okay, so I'll know that we're going to do a character session on this point in that, in that road trip. And we're going to have some pregame chapels, but it's all the conversations in three or four days that you don't plan. It's those moments that you're standing by a guy in the dugout and a conversation starts. And if you've been to a college baseball game, they take forever. <laughs> they man. They are, they are three and a half hours <laughs> long. And that's it. If we, we're going back to double headers on Saturday. So it'll be a single on Friday, double header Saturday, single on Sunday. But it's those moments, you know, where you just get to have conversations. And some of them are just straight-on spiritual conversations. Um, man, the joy of seeing a couple of baseball guys that we got to disciple last year who were on the road discipling some of their teammates. And the great thought to that is, you know, you walk into that space, and you're not the one leading it. You're looking across the room and seeing this athlete lead teammates into a closer walk with Christ. And even just talking to you about it right now, I mean, um, yes, I'm tired. We had a basketball game last <laughs> night. We've got one tomorrow night, one on Saturday, and thinking about going out of town. But at the same time, man, it does. That and uh, the energy comes from Starbucks and uh, Dutch Brothers Coffee. So, you know, a lot of that. Well, you don't look tired. You actually you look really <laughs> excited about it, talking about it. Um, now, you aren't always traveling. Um, you may have actually seen Robert. He has filled in for Danny, given sermons at UB before. How long have you gone to Grace? Five years. Okay. Um, how has Grace been able to partner with you before help with FCA? Oh, man. Um, this, is, this is the other beautiful piece to, to what FCA is and how we realize that, man, we're not the church, but we need the church. Yeah. FCA is volunteer-driven ministry. It really is. It starts with coaches. And then as we do activities like the Northeast Texas All-Star Game, um, Grace has been a part there. Uh, Danny has done pregame chapels for our All-Star Baseball Game. Um, the UB campus has had we've had some of their small groups provide meals for our athletes early on and not just hey we're going to give you money for food and I love that because that honestly the first time was our ask is would you guys mind providing this meal and the church came back and said well what if we provide some small groups who actually fix the meal and come serve the meal and we were like Oh, that's even better. Yeah. And so, so cool. the hands-on and to see folks from Grace, you know, see these kids that they don't know from Gilmer, um, you know, Rains, Canton, and to, to serve them, um, man, financially. Um, the church has supported myself, um, and we now have on staff Joey and Caitlin Petrich. And Grace is on their support team. Who are, so, by the way, just responsible for a baptism. Yes. I mean, Caitlin pouring into Megan Watts, yes. a senior soccer player. And that is the great lead into the other thing that I truly love about the UB campus, especially, is 
man, you guys have opened up the doors for us to baptize a number of UT Tyler athletes there. And we've been blessed to see kids come to Christ. And it is not uncommon then for me to pick up the phone and either call Danny or call Kimber and say, hey, we've got a volleyball player that, that would like to be baptized. When's the next Sunday that we could do it? And uh, one of the last ones that we did was a baseball player who I think I called Danny on a Tuesday. And literally, we set it up for the next Sunday. And then that kid left on Monday to go play in the minor leagues. Wow. And, you know, so uh, Grace has, has truly been, for us, a, a full church partnership looks this way, praying, serving, or giving. And Grace hits all three. That's great. Well, before I wrap up, I did want to ask you this last thought. So, I mean, look, we talk about the good stuff, the transformation, um, and what you see with young athletes, but you also have to see the bad, the brokenness. Maybe there's some kids you don't get through or don't make the right decisions. How do those affect you? And what is your ultimate message to each athlete that you get to spend time with and pour into? I think the the first message that I want athletes to, to hear, and there again, I still have some touch with our high schools, but even my main footprint now is is on the collegiate level. Um, number one, the time's going to go fast. I know you think you're a freshman and you got four years in front of you, but that four years is going to go fast. And the one guarantee that I can give every single athlete, there will come a time where you take the jersey off for the last time. Um, I don't mean that to be a downer. It's a reality. And at the moment that that happens, then who are you? Because unfortunately, man, so many of our athletes, their identity is wrapped up in, I am an athlete. And it just never crosses their mind that at one point, no, you're, you're not an athlete anymore. You know, uh, the ability's gone or the opportunity's gone. And so, you know, what is and what should your identity be wrapped in? And so to try to help them see, man, that's where Christ is. And, um, and we have, um, and we've already seen some, some stories end, um, not in a way that you would like this season, um, on some different teams. And I think one of the ways to, to get through that is to realize, ultimately, it's not on me. And that may sound, I don't mean that to sound arrogant, but if you're not careful, you think, oh, I have to, oh, I have to see. No, what is my calling? My calling is to live Christ in front of them and to plant seeds. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit then to develop that. And so if we can do that in front of these athletes and help them see that, man, even when it doesn't go the way that we want to see and it's not a success story, I want to trust that God will take the seeds that we planted and, man, somebody else is just going to take up the work in their life in the next phase of their life. Um, I have one basketball player that comes to mind uh, when I was serving with the women's basketball team. And I just, as I met her, I said, so tell me why you're at UT Tyler. And she said, because this coach has given me another chance. Uh, She said, I blew my first one. And I said, okay, so what does that look like? I got to make the grades. And we got to the semester, semester break, and uh, she was no longer on the team. And that's it. I ran into her, and I was like, so what, what happened? And she just said, Rob, I just, I just didn't do the grade. And it is. It's heartbreaking because, 
man, the, the opportunities these, these students get in being an athlete. You know, it's not that they're above anybody, but man, let's face it, it's an incredible opportunity to be a collegiate athlete. And um, so for some of them that it just doesn't end well, man, we hope in some small way we've gotten them to see, okay, this didn't turn out, but this doesn't end who you are. Man, there is, there is a God that loves you, gave his son for you, and hopefully we've somehow been able to plant that seed into your life. And man, trust that he's going to do something with that. Absolutely. And I remember taking off the jersey for the last time when I was in high school and being in tears. But like you said, um, my identity is in Christ and not as an athlete. And nothing of this world is ever going to bring that fulfillment or joy. So, Robert, thank you for what you do and the lives you're pouring into. And I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, come talk to me today. If someone wants to learn more about FCA, um, what where do they need to go? Sure. Our website is www.netxfca.org. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Robert. I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan Peterson. This has been Voices of Grace. <laughs>